Good morning, church. Let's stand to honor the reading of the word of God. I will read from Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 5 to verse 10. Verse 5. Thus said the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusted in man, and maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departed from the Lord. For he shall be like the health, the heat in the desert, and shall not see what good cometh, but shall inhibit the patched places in the wilderness, in a salt land, and not inhabited. Blessed is the man that trusted in the Lord, and whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be a, as a tree planted by the waters, and that spreadeth out her roots by the river, and shall not see when heat cometh, but her leaf shall be green, and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked, and who can know it? I, the Lord, search at the heart, I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. Thank you. To Proverbs chapter 18, and we're going to start here in this verse 14. And if you could please take your worship bulletin, if you need a worship bulletin, just raise your hand and Brother Ian will get you one, but you really do need the bulletin. It has a number of the verses in it, and I'd like for us to refer to that. If you could turn to page 9 in your bulletin. Everybody have a bulletin? Wonderful. So if you could turn to page 9 there as well. So let me just read this first verse, Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 14, and then we'll pray. The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit, who can bear? Father, please take your word now today and heal every wounded heart, every broken spirit, because you alone can. You are the healer of the heart. Yea, you give a new heart. Our hearts are desperately wicked, God, we confess. We're undone. We feel as Peter when he said, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. But we thank You, Lord, by the power of Your Word, by the power of Your Holy Spirit. We become born again. We receive a new heart. We have new life in Christ. Bring that healing, Lord Jesus. You said You came to heal the brokenhearted. There are many broken hearts in our city and perhaps even some here today. So work now by Your Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want you to notice these verses uh, right at the beginning if we can. And just let them sink in a little bit into our hearts today on page 9. And if you want to follow along in your Bible, definitely. But they're here and they're in different places, so I think it's just easier to read them here. But the first verse talks about what kind of spirit. Proverbs 18, 14. What kind of spirit is referred to there? You could talk to me here. 
a wounded spirit. You see that wounded spirit? Then, and you see in the next verse, what kind of a spirit is it, is spoken of there? The spirit that is what? Broken. So, actually the Hebrew words there are the same words. That's why we're putting them together here. And then the, the, the third verse, Proverbs 17:22. what kind of spirit there is referred to? A broken spirit. So, again, that's the way the Bible's been uh, translated for us. And many times the translators took one Hebrew or Greek word and used different English words uh, to, to uh, translate that. So, just wanted to let you know that these three verses have the same Hebrew word. That's why they're, the, they're at the top. A wounded spirit, a broken spirit, a broken spirit. Then what kind of a heart is referenced in verse 12, chapter 12, verse 25? He says, what kind of heart? A heavy heart, a heavy heart. We're going to look more as well at that today. That speaks about a heart really that's overcome with anxiety and fear. So a a heavy heart. And then what kind of heart is spoken of in chapter 13, verse 12? A sick heart, literally an infirmed heart. Okay, so all these verses deal with brokenness and a heart that needs healing. That's why, that's why I've chosen these particular verses. And then chapter 15, verse 4, what kind of spirit there is spoken of? What's the word there? A breach in the spirit. Now here's where you, if, if you're like me, you say, well, what does that word mean? It's not really a word that we're familiar with. So this is where you go to your blue letter Bible and you click, you know, click on it or whatever and find go or, or if you have a, a book with, with a de- definition or a, a lexicon of some kind, find out what that word breach means. It's actually a very rich word and it's used multiple in multiple ways of the in the Old Testament. But the idea of that word is destruction. The destruction of a spirit, he say. So by the way we use our tongue, he says by the perverseness of our tongue, we can bring about a destruction in our own spirits. That's why it's so important that we speak properly. And then he says, All the days of the afflicted are evil, but he that is of a merry heart has a continual feast. And that's what we want. We want to have a life that is a feast in the Lord. Feasting in His presence. A merry heart. Isn't that the kind of life you want to have? Well, I, I, I went online and I found an article, and the title, and you can find it, it was just posted on the 22nd, so this is very current. Okay, this is not 10, 20 years ago. This is July 22nd. It says, psychedelics may be the future of depression treatment. Now what? It, what? what? You, you know what psychedelics are? Hallucinogens. You know what hallucinogens make you do? Go on trips. This is acid, like an acid trip. This is what I did when I was totally given over to the hands of the devil. I, I did hallucinogens. I did acid. I can tell you that it opened up my mind and my life to the devil and to demons. I, I'm without a question about it. So this is modern day psychiatry now playing with the idea of using psychedelics for depression. Why? Well, the article says... Half of those who use prescription medications still experience the very thing they're trying to cure. They still experience severe, debilitating symptoms. Half of the people who are taking antidepressant medication, guess what they still are? Severely depressed. 
And you know how many people are taking medications like this? Well, it says as many as one in ten people, one in ten in the United States, is taking some kind of an antidepressant. There are about 30 of them at least on the market. They're not working. <laughs> so, they're gonna, so they're thinking about using psychedelic hallucinogens. Now, as you go down into this article, it's an interesting article. It actually says that these hallucinogens are very addictive. Of course they are. Drugs are addictive. They will give you amnesia, these, these psychedelics. They will give you amnesia, confusion, high blood pressure, all kinds of physical side effects. But the, the thing that really got my attention is these psychedelic hallucinogens have been used in history by pagan religions in their religion. And it even says here that, that they've been used as a means of spiritual exploration. And they have been used in religious rituals. So, that doesn't actually surprise me, because it's almost like this is another kind of religion. And basically, you know what they're doing? They're grasping at straws. They don't have the answers. And the 30 different antidepressants that they're giving to people aren't working. I'm here to say Jesus Christ will work. <laughs> Jesus Christ will work on your behalf, and He can deliver us. He can heal the broken heart. Now, there has been a, a total epidemic of wounded spirits and broken hearts, especially since this pandemic. And so the problem is real and the problem is great. And it is vitally important, I said last week, that we heal the wounded spirit because as this verse says, Proverbs 18:14, it says, a wounded spirit who can bear no one. Well, almost. And we'll, we'll talk about the one who can bear it. But you and I cannot bear a wounded spirit. What is worse? Physical affliction or real depression where you com completely lose all energy to live? What's worse? Depression. That's what this verse says. A man can bear a broken bone. A spirit of a man, if, if a spirit is strong, he'll be able to in endure physical problems. But once your spirit is broken... Even if your body is strong, you will not be able to endure. You'll be, be like that 26-year-old man that I read about just this morning in a very wealthy family who killed his mother and jumped naked from his high-rise uh, and he comes from a prominent family. A wounded, broken spirit. No, it's a crushing weight. The weight of a spirit must have just crushed down upon him and that's what, what causes people to commit suicide. And I shared, I, I always love Stephanie, we love Stephanie in our church. For those of you who did not know her, Stephanie Marnock had lupus. She was in our church for, I don't know, maybe 15 or 20 years. And she had over 100 surgeries. She broke her back literally 100 times. She had a fa her, half of her face removed because of cancer. And bones, limbs amputated. And yet, you called her and she was always, the joy of the Lord is in her. her. Her spirit was never broken. Her body may have been very broken. And you looked at her and you could say, wow, what a broken body. But her spirit was strong. And she loved to serve God. Man, she, she knew the children of our church like few people knew the children of our church. She knew what the children of our church liked, what they didn't like. She bought gifts. She did oh, so many things. Wasn't she a blessing? She's an illustration of someone 
who had a broken body, but a very strong spirit. We said last week that a wounded spirit is a spirit that's smashed to pieces, and we looked at those verses, so we won't review that. But it's weighed down with fear, crippled with disappointment, and destroyed like an earthquake, a breach of the Spirit. We gave that verse as like a destruction that an earthquake does, a destruction of the soul. But thank God that the Lord says we can have a merry heart. And so we want to look at five different practical ways God says we can have a merry heart. And so I I group these verses, and these verses are also on your sheet. But three of them speak about a merry heart. A merry heart makes a cheerful countenance. He that is of a merry heart has a continual feast. A merry heart, it's better than any medicine you'll get from the psychiatrist. A merry heart. This is what we need. We need a merry heart and the Lord can give us this merry heart. Now we we said the first two things last week. I'm just going to quickly review them. And then we'll get to the final three, but there's five points we want to share on the healing of a wounded spirit. The first is, we need to reject when and then thinking. What does that mean? In other words, reject the idea that you have to put off joy today. When can you have the joy of the Lord? When can you have a, a, healed and a healing of a wounded spirit? Right now, through Jesus Christ, by faith. Reject when and then thinking. It's easy to obsess about our physical circumstances and think, well, when I get a little older, then I'll be happy. Or when I graduate from college, then I'll really start to live. Come on, live now. You know, I visited Consuelo yesterday, and I wish I could see her more, but Consuelo also has been a member of our church for like 20 years. She's in a nursing home. And she's very frail. And she's hallucinating somewhat and imagining things that aren't real. You just have to calm her and give her peace. Pray for Consuelo. Such a beautiful soul, though, and she's actually had a really good talk with her, read Scripture, we sang together. And I told Consuelo, I said, you know, this is a precious time of your life. She doesn't know why she's here. She said, why am I still here? I said, because God has you here. And this is an important stage of your life because, you know, in this stage of your life, your son, for example, John, gets to visit you every day. So you get to be with your son in a way that you maybe have not seen him for many years. He comes and he visits every day. And right now you can pray and you can cast your cares on the Lord. You can pray for Heritage Baptist Church. And all you have to do is say, Heritage Baptist Church, I love Heritage Baptist Church. I love Pastor Recker. You know, I mean, she loves us. She loves you, dear church. And I told her how much we love dear Consuelo. But every stage of life has a purpose. And we don't have to say, well, when this happens, well, Consuelo could easily say, when I die and go to heaven, then no. Right now, we can have a feast in the Lord. Don't obsess about your physical circumstances. It is more important that you have the grace of Jesus Christ in your heart than money in your bank account. The difference between joy and depression depends on your spiritual resources. And you're accessing the resources that the Lord has given to us through His Word and through prayer. That's how we have joy. So reject when and then thinking. Believe you can rejoice in Christ now. Will you believe that? The second thing, and there again, merry heart. It's, it's all that we can have it right now is desire first in your heart who can never be lost. 
Desire first in your heart the one who can never be lost. So what do I mean by that? Well, look at this verse. Can you say it again with me? It says, hope deferred maketh the heart sick. But when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. Now, the tree of life reminds you of what? Paradise. Sinlessness. Beauty. Fruitfulness. Flourishing, a flourishing life. So, we lost the tree of life because of sin and was cast out of the Garden of Eden. But here is almost like a reclaiming. The best we can have of the tree of life in this life is in Proverbs through wisdom. And here he says that if you put your hope in things and it's always delayed or it's postponed or or your hope is disappointed and you don't get what you're hoping for, you're going to be sick. So what's the solution? Hope for what you can't lose. (laughs) Put your main hope, put your number one hope, your number one desire on the one you cannot lose who will always be there for you no matter what. And then will your hope be delayed? Never. Will your hope be postponed? Never. He said, I will never leave you or forsake you. So, this verse tells me If hope delayed makes my heart sick, I want to hope on someone or something that can never be lost. Does that make sense? That's Jesus Christ. Put your hope on Him. Desire nothing except God. And where you have to desire something, desire it only for the glory of God. Desire for the glory of God. And then in His way, if, if He wants you to have it, He'll do it for you for His glory. So if you trust what can never be lost, you will have found the tree of life. And only the Lord fits into this category. And that's the verses that we looked at last week. That the desire of our soul is to God's name. With my soul have I desired thee in the night. The prophet Isaiah says, with my soul have I desired thee in the night. Why does it say in the night? What sometimes happens in the night? You're by yourself. And at night, your mind can run to some pretty dark places sometimes. It can go to some, some evil things. But desire God at those times in the night. So, desire first in your heart who can never be lost. Reject when and then thinking. And the third thing now is, fill your heart with good words. Fill your heart. So how are you going to heal your heart? Fill your heart. With good words. That's what Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25 says. Let's read that verse together. God's Word says, Proverbs 12, 25, Heaviness in the heart of man maketh it stoop, but a good word maketh it glad. So, this makes sense to me. If good words will make my heart glad, fill your heart with good words. (laughs) Fill as much as possible. You can't get enough of these good words. And, and the more you need healing, the more good words you need. And I've got the best place to go to get the good words. There's no lack of good words right here in the, in the Bible. That's why God is... This is the very heart of God. The mind of God that He's given to us. Now, heaviness. And again, we said last week it's, it signifies anxiety and fear. A lot of people worry about their relationships. 
We have worries about our relationships with our husbands or our wives, with our mother or our father, with our children or with our grandchildren. As they get older, we worry about things. We naturally worry and have anxiety about things. And, and fear causes people to stoop, to bend, and sometimes to break. Fear causes people to be destabilized. It, 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 fear hits them at the core because notice it says heaviness in the what? The heart. The heart is your core. It's the center of your being. It's where you live out of. It's what you feel that you need to have that joy and peace. And so, if you have fear in your heart, you're going to stoop. And you're going to be bent. And you're going to lose heart. And victory is going to be sabotaged. You're going to waver like the, the wave of the sea. It's going to become, it's going to crash in on you. So to offset the fear that we all naturally have, to offset that fear, we need good word. A good word makes us glad. A word, this is a word from the outside. By the way, now, when it says, a good word maketh it glad, I, I don't believe and there's other verses, and we're going to actually talk about it, that this is talking about you speaking a good word. Although that's very important, and we'll talk about that. What I believe this is talking about is we need a good word from the outside. Like, we need good news. <laughs> we need a good report from outside of us. A good word maketh it glad. And the ultimate good word, of course, as I said, and I'm going to keep on saying this now, is God's word. And I guarantee you this. God's Word will give you joy. I guarantee you. The prophet Isaiah said, Thy words were found and I did eat them and they were unto me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. Jesus Christ says, My peace I give to you. And He says, These words, these things have I spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. That's why Jesus was speaking those things. That's John chapter 16, verse 33. God's Word will give you joy. God's Word will deliver you from depression and fear. God's Word will make the anxious, worried heart glad. God's Word will do for you kind of what it did for Jacob. Remember Jacob? He heard that Joseph was dead. And he lived for many years thinking that his... His son Joseph was dead. When he got word though that Joseph was alive, it says, and they told him all the words of Joseph which he said to them. And when he saw the wagons which Joseph had sent to him, the spirit of Jacob their father revived. The, the truth that Joseph was alive and the words he heard about Joseph revived his heart. It was a good word made Jacob glad. And God's Word will make you glad. Now, here's a great verse, and we read this this morning. This is why we read Jeremiah chapter 17. Go to Jeremiah 17. And notice the comparison that Jeremiah is drawing in Jeremiah chapter 17. He talks... He, he, now, and let me ask you this. Do you want to be a heath in the desert and a heath Spoken of in Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse number 6 is for the man who trusts in man. 
So if you have depression and you just put your trust in man and go to a psychiatrist and he gives you one depressant, antidepressant and the second and the third all the way down to the 30th and none of them work and then they say, oh, we'll give you, we'll give you psychedelic hallucinogens. You're just trusting in man. Trust in the Lord. He says, cursed is the man that trusts in man and makes flesh his arm. And he says, he shall be like the heath. You know what a heath is? It's a stripped bare bush without any leaf, without any fruitfulness. It's like tumbleweed just blowing through the desert. A heath in the desert. That's one thing you could be like. No, we don't want to be that. We don't want to be the heath in the desert. We don't want to be a stripped bush without any fruit being blown around. We want to be what he says. But he says, blessed is the man, verse 7, that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. And he shall be like a what? A tree. And that reminds us of Psalm 1, right? But I like this. And I love Psalm 1. We all love Psalm 1. But I love what Jeremiah says. He says something here that Psalm 1 doesn't mention. As you read this, he says, He shall be like a tree planted by the waters and that spreadeth out what? Her roots by the river. Now, Psalm 1 implied it. You know it had to have roots reaching for the water in the river. But Psalm 1 didn't mention. Jeremiah specifically says the roots. So the idea here is you could be a tree that is, is stable, that is planted. And the roots speak of the inner life. The inner life of your being. The inner life. The roots is, is the unseen part of the tree. We don't see the roots, but we know if a tree is tall and fruitful and strong and, and endures storms, it has a strong root system. But the, root, the, the roots of a tree are kind of like the unseen life of the tree. And you know, you have an unseen life to everyone else around you. There is a part of you that no one sees and no one actually will ever fully know. Do you know that? Think about that. There is an a very real and unavoidable loneliness and solitude to life. Because even if you become married and you share your ideas and your day with your husband or your wife or whatever, or you have a really good friend and you can share a lot of things with them, they still don't know all the rumblings and all of the turnings and imaginations of your mind. No one will ever know everything about you. Can you? Does that make sense? So we have an inner life. And those are the roots of our being. That inner life is that unavoidable solitude of our existence. That no one can ever fully know us or really ever fully understand us. And actually, if anybody did fully know you, and I know this about myself, if you fully knew me, I don't know if you would like me so much, you know? I don't know if you would like me. So it's best you not know everything about me. I'm a sinner and my heart is like yours, desperately wicked. But the amazing, wonderful thing is, is God does know everything. Every last thing. 
the thoughts we think before we even think them. And he knows us inside and out and all the imaginations and machinations of our mind and our spirit. And he loves you. He loves you. And he will heal your heart. And he will give you stability. So you're not just blowing around with the wind, but that you're rooted by the rivers of water. And the rivers of water that will satisfy your soul is the Word of God. I'm convinced of it. God's Word brings healing and health. Look what Jeremiah even says in verse 14 here. He says, Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved. For Thou art my praise. So, we need God's Word. We need to read God's Word. Sometimes we need to study the Bible. Now, maybe we don't have the time that we have, want to study the Bible every day, but we need to be in the Word of God every day. We need to have our daily devotions. We need to be opening up the Bible or, and listening to the Bible and get as much of the Bible as possible. As much as possible. Not as little as we possibly can. As much as we possibly can. We need to read God's Word and be in God's Word and feel His arms of love surrounding us because you need answers. And sometimes when, when you don't have all the answers, you just need arms to fall into. Fall into the arms of Jesus Christ and the arms of the love of His Word and read the Word. And this is my challenge to you this week. And really for your life. I want to challenge you this. And the point here, again, the point I'm making is we need to fill our lives, our minds, our hearts with good words, the Word of God. So I'm going to challenge you this. Do it. <laughs> do that. And make, and here's, here's how you can do it, because you're going to say, well, I'm so busy. No, here's what you do. You're not as busy as you think you are. Make downtime God's time. Find those moments where you're down and make that downtime Bible time. So this is, and I don't say you have to do this, and, and I'm not saying this to boast or brag. I have nothing to boast or brag about, but I'm just sharing you what I try to do. But when I, when I get up in the morning, and I'm, I'm, I'm shaving, I'm combing my hair, I'm making, I don't make coffee anymore, I make tea, believe it or not. I, I, I don't have a taste for coffee, I lost it after the second COVID, it just doesn't taste good. But I like Earl Grey tea. I found a good replacement. Anyway, so I'm getting my Earl Grey and my Roy Boss tea, right? Vulani and I, we share that South African red bush plant tea together. But getting my breakfast together, you know, I'm, I put on the Bible. And, and I have a Bible works when I, and I, there's ten different passages and I go from a proverb to a psalm to Old Testament history to to New Testament epistles, to what, there's ten different sections of the Bible, the book of Acts, the Gospels, the Pentateuch, and I, I, and I might listen to two or three chapters depending in each of those sections, and I just listen to the Bible. That's the first thing in the morning. And then once my breakfast is all together, I sit down, and I keep listening, but then I start, then I'm reading along with the Bible. I'm reading it. As he's reading, and I like that he reads that way, he keeps me focused, and, and then I, I read along with him. 
And so I do that, and then, of course, I get, I'm, I'm doing my other things throughout the day then. And then if I'm driving, like yesterday, I drove uh, to New Jersey. You know what I did yesterday? It's amazing how much of the Bible you can listen to. I listened to the book of 1 Timothy, driving out to New Jersey, and I, and I put on Revelation chapter 13, and I listened all the way to Revelation chapter 21, plus the book of 1 Timothy and, and other scripture as well. And so, and by the time I got to where I was going, I was happy. The Word of God makes you happy. You know, and when I, when I came home, because I'm thinking about preaching on 1 Timothy after Proverbs, I'm praying about it, so I'm listening to 1 Timothy. I, I listened to 1 Timothy again, all six chapters. And the, the Bible's so amazing. You've got to love, oh, how I love thy law, oh, how I love thy word. We need to make downtime, Bible time. If you're driving along, listen to the Bible. If you're waking up and getting ready and, and you ladies, how, how long does it take you to do your hair? Like two or three minutes or however long that takes you to do your hair. Listen to the Bible. Let the Word of God fill your heart. You know, young people will spend hours on watching YouTube and sometimes we'll spend hours listening to political talk. And sometimes we need, we need to stay up and, and uh, up on what the news is. Or if you like to watch a little bit of uh, fun videos or on YouTube or whatever. But don't, don't just so immerse yourself in that that you're not filling your life with the Word of God. Because there's a lot of miserable people that all they're doing is playing video games. And they're watching YouTube and they're TikToking and they're getting involved in politics and they're doing all this stuff and they're re- rejecting and neglecting the Word of God. We need to get into the Word of God. Fill your heart with good words. The ultimate good word is God's Word. Make downtime. Bible time. That's my challenge. See how it works. I believe God could give you joy through His Word. The, the, the fourth thing is speak healthy words of truth. So once you, once you fill your heart with good words, then you'll speak good words. <laughs> That's the order, I believe. So we'll look at again this verse, and we looked at it Somewhat, but in Proverbs 15.4, here's another tree of life verse. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. But perverseness therein is a breach in the Spirit. Now again, I said that word breach means destruction. And that word is used in Psalm 60. Do I have it? No, I don't have it here, but we looked it up last week. Psalm 60 verse 2 It's used to describe the trembling of the earth, an earthquake. Thou hast made the earth to tremble. Thou hast broken it. Heal the breaches thereof. So when there's an earthquake and it's broken, it's breached, it's destroyed. There's a destruction through an earthquake. So he's saying here that the way you use your tongue, the way you speak, could bring destruction. That's how powerful the tongue is. It could bring a breach, a destruction an earthquake to your inner man. It will, it will, it could, and have you ever spoken a word and you're like, man, I shouldn't have said that. And you felt really bad about it? I know I have. We've heard other people and we had to apologize and ask, me, ask forgiveness. Okay, so that's what he's saying. But if you want to regain the paradise that we have lost, if you want to regain the tree of life, and do you know where the tree of life, you know where we're going to actually eat the tree of life? Where? In heaven. And where was the original tree of life? In the garden before there was sin. So here, 
here, this is like, we, we should jump all over this. It's like, I can have the tree of life again? <laughs> now? <laughs> yeah, we can have the tree of life now. We lost it in the Garden of Eden. We'll fully regain it in heaven. But this tree of life reminds us that the perfection and, uh, that we've lost and the, and the, the perfection that we're going to see one day can, can be experienced at least to the best possible way now by the Holy Spirit as I speak good words. He says, a wholesome tongue is a tree of life. A tree of life is fruitful and flourishing life. Now, what is a tree of life? So how do, we, how do we get the tree of life? What do you think that tree of life is? And many people, not just me, but see the tree of life and what tree do we talk about? When we talk about the tree of life, it kind of leads us to another tree, doesn't it? It leads us to the tree of death. The tree that Jesus Christ died upon. And the tree of death upon which He died, is for our life. So in a sense, He died that we might live. And the tree of death becomes somewhat of a tree of life. So the tree of life, I believe, in this sin-cursed world that we're living in, is the cross. It's the cross of Jesus Christ. So I say, embrace the wisdom of the cross. The death of Jesus Christ, the blood He shed, is foolishness to the world. It is foolishness to the modern day psychiatric world that is just trying to help people's emotions without turning them and leading them to God. Let us embrace the cross, the wisdom of God, Paul says in Corinthians. The power of God, the cross of Jesus Christ. And as we embrace the wisdom and power of the cross... I believe we'll learn how to speak wholesome words. You see, the tree of life is the cross. Jesus died for us, and when we when we believe that his death paid for our paid for our the death we deserve, right? He died in our place. He died as the sinless substitute. We deserve death. We deserve to die for our sins. We deserve to go to hell. But Jesus Christ took hell for us on the cross. And we believe He died for us. And then once I embrace that He died for me, now He says, follow me and die with me. And that's why Paul would say, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. So your tree of life is to go to the cross and die with Jesus. That's the tree of life. Go to the cross and say, I am dead to this world through the cross of Jesus Christ. I am crucified with Christ. I'm not alive to the, to the lusts and pleasures of this world. And so think of Jesus when He was on the cross. He spoke words, healthy words. So again, a wholesome tongue. That's what I'm talking about. A wholesome tongue. How do we get the wholesome tongue, which is a tree of life? Go to the cross. And die to self. And what did Jesus say on the cross? Father, forgive them. So that's the wholesome word we need, is the word of forgiveness. Not the, not the word of hardness. Not the word of, 
of a closed heart. I'm not going to forgive you. Oh, you're going to be, you're going to have a broken, destroyed spirit if you speak those words. When you're on the cross, you say, even when you're, you, it, everything is unjust against you, you say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Those are wholesome words that are a tree of life. What is, what is a, a word from the cross? What is a wholesome word from the tree of life that Jesus spoke? I love when He said to that, that dying thief next to Him who was cursing Him at first, but then the thief said, remember Me. And Jesus said to him, He gave him hope. And that's the, that's the word we need to speak from the cross. How can you speak hope to people around you? Jesus said to him what? Today you will be with Me in paradise. What hope? Here is a man dying for his crimes. And Jesus said to him, Today you will be with Me in paradise. That's a wholesome tongue which is a tree of life. Spoken from the tree of death. And that's how we're going to speak wholesome words is when we die with Christ. What did Jesus say? What are some wholesome words He spoke from the cross? He spoke to John and He said, Behold your mother. And He spoke to Mary, Behold your son. In other words, words of responsibility. You're gonna, you have a responsibility to care for my mother and take care of her. And so, that's a tree of life when we take responsibility. You know, and I'll just say this. We could go through all the seven words, but the the middle statement of Jesus, and you know what it was. Spoken in two of the Gospels, the only one repeated, the only statement of Jesus from the cross that was repeated more than once, and only written by Matthew and Mark, and they only referred to the one middle statement of Jesus from the midst of that darkness of the cross. And what was it? What did He say in the midst of the darkness? The middle statement of Jesus was what? My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? So here's what you do with your pain and your questions. Put those to the Lord. Cast those on the Lord. Jesus, Jesus said, my God, my God, why? I mean, when you go to God, you can be absolutely honest. <laughs> And so, cast your burdens on the Lord and be absolutely honest with God. But we need to control. We need to have self-control. I'm going to talk more about that, Lord willing, next week. But our words are like swords. They leave a mark. Look at these verses about our tongue. Can you say them with with me? Let's just repeat these verses. Proverbs 18.21 Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. What does that mean? That means you're going to eat your words. You will eat your own words. You will eat the consequences of your words. So speak wholesome words. And the way we do that is we have to be dead to self so that we're not speaking out in the flesh. Proverbs 12:18. There is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. So, our words can really hurt people. We have to realize that. There's power in our tongue. Our tongue can be like a sword. Are you cutting people up with your words? What does Jesus say? Jesus said, every idle word out of your mouth will come under judgment. So don't cut people up. Heal people. 
speak words of healing and health. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. And the last verse here, Proverbs 16, 24. Can you say it with me? It says, Pleasant words are as in honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health. In other words, you catch, you'll have more friends. You catch more flies with honey. So, speak sweet words. Pleasant words are as sweetness, like a honeycomb, health. Sweet words bring health. So, this is how we heal our wounded spirit. We speak words that bring health. We fill our heart with good words. We desire in our heart what can never be lost. We reject when and then thinking. And then the last thing is, we simply rest in the glorious person of Jesus Christ. Rest in the glorious person of Jesus Christ. Let's go back to the verse that we started with. And when you read these verses in Proverbs, think about Jesus when you read them. You're not going to see the name of Jesus Christ in the book of Proverbs. But He's there. (laughs) He's there in the good Word, as we mentioned. And He's here in this verse. Do you see Jesus when you read this verse? Proverbs 18, 14. Let's read it again. It says, The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear? Well, what's the natural answer to that question? A wounded spirit, can you bear it? What's the natural answer? No. A wounded spirit? No one can bear it. But wait. (laughs) Who does does it make you think of Jesus? Can He bear it? Can He bear a wounded spirit? Did He? My, did He. None can bear a wounded spirit because a wounded spirit is a crushing weight of itself. But Jesus can bear your wounded spirit because He bore the wounds of the entire world, the sins of all the world were upon Him when He bore that cross. He took in His body our sins and He bore the wrath of sin that we deserve. And the famous verse of Isaiah is, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon Him. And with His stripes... We are healed. That's not saying that if you get cancer, that that God is bound to heal every Christian who gets cancer. I know Christians who have died of cancer. This is ultimately saying He will heal you of all your sins and unrighteousness. And when you're in heaven, you will be healed for all eternity of every sickness and infirmity. And heaven knows no sickness, no sin. Amen? But, Let me ask you this question like this. Can you imagine the weight of the cross if the cross He was bearing bore all the sins of the world? Just take your sins or my sins. All of them. Not just the sins I committed yesterday, but all my sins on Jesus and then add all the sins of all the people who have... Can you imagine the weight of the cross? 
He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement, the punishment, for, in order for us to have peace, was upon Him. And with His stripes, we are healed. Praise God for Jesus Christ. He is able to heal and bear the wounded spirit because your spirit is just one of all the millions that were laid upon Him. So think of that. Just think of that. We can go to Jesus. You can go to Jesus with your pain. You could go to Jesus with your abuse. You could go to Jesus for your forgiveness. You could go to Jesus for your guilt. You could go to Jesus for your confusion. Whatever, and and just tell them honest. Tell them straight up. Make it real, you know. Keep it real, like they say out there. That's what a guy told me yesterday in the home. Keeping it real. We got to keep things real. And the reality is, is Jesus Christ loves you. And He can cleanse you. And He can strengthen you. And He will, He will bring great healing because He came to bind up the broken hearted. So let Jesus heal your wounded spirit today. Rest in His glorious person. He said, come unto Me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Let's stand together as we pray. And I'm going to ask you to look into your heart. And I'm going to ask you to commit to make downtime Bible time. In other words, when you're going to a store and you know there's maybe a line that you have to wait on, are you going to go to BJ's and you've got to return something and you're going to have to wait in the return line? You know what I'm saying? Make downtime Bible time. Let's pray. Let's ask the Lord, heal, O oh God, heal. Heal right now the wounded spirits of anyone and everyone in our midst today by helping us to first of all reject the notion that our physical circumstances must change. But, but know that we could have Your joy, Your joy by Your Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is joy right now. And help us to desire first in our heart You, O God. We thank You You'll never leave us and we'll never lose You. You'll always be there for us. Lord, help us to fill our heart with good words. Is the Bible important to You? Do You have a set time (coughs) in Your day where you do open up God's Word. And by the way, you know what we should do at night? You know, as we're getting ready for bed, make that downtime Bible time. That's a good time where I've been trying to memorize Scripture. That's where we do our Scripture memory verse. You say, well, how can I? I can't memorize these verses we're working on Sunday morning. Yeah, you, yes, you can. If you tell yourself you can't, guess what? You can't. But if you say, I can, I can do all things through Christ. So I'm going to challenge you to make that time, maybe as you're getting ready for bed at night, to memorize 
and to review verses. Sometimes I'll do chapters that I've memorized in the past. This past week I revived Isaiah 53. Memorized it, tried to memorize it again. Because you memorize and you forget. You forget it. You have to keep reviewing it. So review those chapters. Make downtime, Bible time. Fill your heart with good words. How many say, Pastor Matt, I need to fill my heart with good words and stop wasting my time on other things, but be in God's Word. Can I see your hand tonight, today? Put your hand up to the Lord and say, yes, I'm going to make that downtime, Bible time. And ask the Lord to just fill your heart, fill your life with good words. Praise the Lord. You may put your hands down. How many of you would say, Pastor Matt, I've spoke words that have cut, words that have hurt. I've spoke words that have torn down and have brought a breach, a brokenness, a destruction to my spirit and even to others. And I want to commit by the grace of God to, to speak words as one who's crucified with Christ and embrace the cross of life so that I could die to self. The way to live is dot to die. That's the Christian life. You want to live? Die. Die to self. Deny yourself. Take up your cross. Follow Jesus. And then speak words of truth as one dead with Christ. How many say, Pastor Matt, I've hurt somebody with my words. And I'm asking the Lord to forgive me right now. I've hurt myself with my words. Can I see your hand? Put your hand up. And if you have spoken words to someone that I've hurt, Ask them to forgive you as well. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. If you speak those words of forgiveness to someone, you'll be speaking fruitfulness and a flourishing and a joy will come to your life when you ask forgiveness for a word that you should not have spoken. You may put your hands down. And how many would say, just last question here, I need to rest in Jesus. Is there anyone here who'd say, Pastor Matt, I'm not saved. I've never been born again. If I die today, I'm not sure I'd go to heaven. But I need Jesus Christ to save me and give me new life. I want to rest in Jesus Christ because He alone, He alone is the one who can bear my broken, hurt spirit. Is there anyone you'd say, pray for me, Pastor? Is there anyone? God bless you, brother. Anyone else? I know there's some people who are hurting here today. Maybe your father has hurt you. But there's a loving Heavenly Father who loves you and who will receive you. I know that there's some people here today who've been hurt by other people. And it's deep in your soul. And that's why you need to rest in Jesus. So dear Christian, go to Jesus. He can sustain your wounded spirit. Father, now continue to bless us today as we close the service just as we are. We sing this great song and come to you in your name. Amen.